you are listening to Hypertension Resistant to Treatment, where you will get knowledge, training, resources, and support for better blood pressure control. If you are suffering with high blood pressure or blood pressure that is difficult to treat, this podcast is indeed for you. Here is your host, Dr. Tanya. Hi, I'm Dr. Tanya, and I am here to teach you everything you ought to know about hypertension management. I am a clinical scientist and I've done research over 10 years and I've found some interesting things about hypertension and blood pressure control and medication taking behavior. I would like to share with you all of the information I've found as well as all the information that's out there that that will help you get control of your blood pressure. Stick with me and we'll take this journey to help you improve your blood pressure. Thanks for listening. Hello, hypertension resistors. So I know we've been waiting a long time for Dr. Pierre Corey's meta-analysis, but it has finally been published in a peer-reviewed journal. And I'm going to talk today about what the results say. And before we get to that, we'll take a look at what Dr. Pierre Corey has to say about what happened to the meta-analysis and why was it delayed. Now, if you want to look at a video of this content, you can go to my YouTube channel at uh, YouTube slash Dr. Tanya Bro Shropshire. And there you'll see the video of this, of this episode. But for the podcast version, I have added Dr. Pierre Corey's testimony, and you definitely need to hear that. Understand that this medication has been on the World Health Organization's essential medication list for over 30 years. Ivermectin is an antiparasitic drug. New research has shown that it has some antiviral and anti-inflammatory properties. So in addition to giving you the results of the newest study, which is a meta-analysis, and a meta-analysis is one of the highest levels of research that you want to get your hands on. So I'm looking forward to sharing with you this episode. So let's get to it. Now, you've probably already heard the compelling and emotional and testimony it's now of Dr. May Pierre 2020 in December his... 2020. He is the president of the FLCCC Alliance, which is the frontline COVID-19 critical care alliance. Dr. Corey graduated from St. George's University with an MD and he completed his residency and fellowship training in critical care and pulmonary medicine. He's practiced at Madison. Did I say he was a lung specialist? He's a lung specialist. He was the critical care service chief at the University of Wisconsin School of Medicine and Public Health. Here is his Senate testimony on December the 8th, 2020, to advocate for ivermectin. Senator, thank you, and, and thank you for uh, holding this hearing. I just want to start out, I didn't think I'd have to say this, but I want to register my offense at the ranking member's opening statement. I was discredited as a politician. I am a physician and a man of science. I have done nothing, nothing but commit myself to scientific truth and the care of patients. 
and, and to hear that I'm here because of a political angle. I am not a politician, I'm a physician. I want to start out by saying that I'm not speaking as an individual, I'm speaking on behalf of the organization that I'm a part of. We are a group of some of the most highly published physicians in the world. We have near 2,000 peer-reviewed publications among us, led by Dr. Prof uh, Professor Paul Marek, who is our intellectual leader. We came together early on in the pandemic, and all we have sought is to review the world's literature on every facet of this disease, trying to develop effective protocols. You just mentioned that I was here in May, and I touted I wouldn't say touted, I recommended that it was critical that we use corticosteroids in this disease when all of the national and international healthcare organizations said we cannot use those. That turned out to be a life-saving recommendation. I am here again today with a new recommendation. In the last nine months, in our review of all of the literature as a group, <clears throat> again, we are some of the most highly published physicians in our specialty and the world. We have done nothing but try to figure out how to identify a repurposed and available drug to treat this illness. We have now come to the conclusion after nine months, and I, I have to point out, I am severely troubled by the fact that the NIH, the FDA, and the CDC, I do not know of any task force that was assigned or compiled to review repurposed drugs in an attempt to treat this disease. Everything has been about novel and or expensive pharmaceutically engineered drugs, things like tocilizumab and rendesivir and monoclonal antibodies and vaccines. We have 100 years of medicine development. We know we are expert in all the medicines we use, and I do not know of a task force that has been focused on repurposed drugs. I will tell you that my group and our organization, I will say that we have filled that void we, that is all we have done is focus on the things we know and things we do. And I'm here to tell you, Dr. Ryder, he just presented. It was one, he has one study of the many that I want to talk about. And I want to talk about that we have a solution to this crisis. There is a drug that is proving to be of miraculous impact. And when I say miracle, I do not use that term lightly. And I don't want to be sensationalized when I say that. That is a scientific recommendation based on mountains of data that has emerged in the last three months. When I am told, and I just had to hear this in the opening sentence, that we are touting things that are not FDA or NIH recommended, let me be clear. The NIH, their recommendation on Evermectin, which is to not use it outside of controlled trials, is from August 27th. We are now in December. This is three to four months later. Mountains of data have emerged from, all, from many centers and countries around the world showing the miraculous effectiveness of ivermectin. It basically obliterates transmission of this virus. If you take it, you will not get sick. I want to briefly summarize the data. My manuscript, again, published by some of the, 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 the most, con we have contributed more to the medical knowledge of our specialty in our careers than, than anyone else can claim as a group. And our manuscript, which was posted on Medicine Preprint Server, details all of this evidence. I want to briefly summarize it. Number one, we have evidence that ivermectin is effective not only in prophylaxis, in the prevention. If you take it, you will not get sick. We just 
came across a trial last night from Argentina by the lead investigator of ivermectin in Argentina, Dr. Hector Carvalho. They prophylaxed 800 healthcare workers. Not one got sick. In the 400 that they didn't prophylax with ivermectin, 58% got sick. 237 of those 400 got sick. If you take it, you will not get sick. It has immense and potent antiviral activity. We know that from the first study in Monash, it has made the bench to the bedside. Prophylaxis, we now have four large randomized controlled trials totaling over 1,500 patients, each trial showing that as a prophylaxis agent, it is immensely effective. You will not get sick. You will be protected from getting ill if you take it. <clears throat> in early outpatient treatment, we have three randomized controlled trials and multiple observation as well as case series showing that if you take ivermectin, the need for hospitalization and death will decrease. The most profound evidence we have is in the hospitalized patients. We have four randomized controlled trials there, multiple observation trials, all showing the same thing. You will not die, or you will die at much, much, much lower rates. Statistically significant, large magnitude results if you take ivermectin. It is proving to be a wonder drug. It has already won the Nobel Prize in Medicine in 2015 for its impacts on global health in the eradication of parasitic diseases. It is proving to be an immensely powerful antiviral and anti-inflammatory agent. It is critical for its use in this disease. We, again, stand by our manuscript. It is a scientific manuscript. It's been submitted for peer review. But please recognize, peer review takes time. It takes months. We do not have months. We have 100,000 patients in the hospital right now dying. I'm a lung specialist. I'm an ICU specialist. I've cared for more dying COVID patients than anyone can imagine. They're dying because they can't breathe. They can't breathe. They're on high-flow <clears throat> oxygen delivery devices. They're on non-invasive ventilators and or they're sedated and paralyzed and attached to mechanical ventilators that breathe for them. And I watch them every day. They die. By the time they get me in the ICU, they're already dying. They're almost impossible to recover. Early treatment is key. We need to offload the hospitals. We are tired. I can't keep doing this. If you look at my manuscript, and if I have to go back to work next week, any further deaths are going to be needless deaths, and I cannot be traumatized by that. I cannot keep caring for patients when I know that they could have been saved with earlier treatment, and that drug that will treat them and prevent the hospitalization is ivermectin. This is, I am here today, I'm calling to action. The NIH, their last recommendation was August 27th. August 27th. I want to be clear. I am not here as a politician or a dramatist or, or sensationalizing what I'm recommending. I'm going to be very clear and very simple. All I ask is for the NIH to review our data that we've compiled of all of the emerging data. We have almost 30 studies. Everyone is reliably and reproducibly positive, showing the dramatic impacts of ivermectin. Please, I'm just asking that they review our manuscript. It is a serious manuscript by serious highly experienced physicians and researchers. We, we have, I cannot call on more credibility than we have. We're not just a, a random doctor who's saying that we have a cure. I don't want to say I have a cure. I'm just asking review our data. We have immense amounts of data to show that ivermectin must be implemented and implemented now. Senator, the last thing I want to say is, you know who's dying here? It's, it's our African-American and Latino and elderly. It's some of the most disadvantaged and impoverished members of our society. 
they are dying at higher rates than anyone else. It's the most, it's, it's, it's the most severe discrepancy I've seen in my medical career. And we are responsible to protect those disadvantaged members. And there are many other doctors out there that are treating patients with ivermectin. Uh, I, I'll tell you, when I first heard of it, uh, it you know, I couldn't believe my, I couldn't believe my ears. And actually, I I first heard of ivermectin just listening to Dr. Corey's uh, testimony, and that's how I learned of ivermectin. And ever since then. I've been trying to spread the word about the potential for this medication to help many patients um, fight against COVID-19, and it can possibly help us. Now, I am not an anti-vaxxer. I'm not, you know, advocating for you to, you know, this is not medical advice. I'm not you know, encouraging you to get the medication or anything like that. I just want you to be aware of this medication and what the science is um, around this medication, what the science is showing around, what the science says about this medication. And I want you to be able to make your decision on what you need to do along with your physician and you can bring this information to your physician and have a discussion about what's right for you. Now that being said, let's then go to hear what Dr. Corey has to say about what took the publication so long to get to the press. Well, usually research takes a while to get from the research itself into a peer-reviewed journal, but we were expecting this meta-analysis to be published months ago. And the fact that we are peer-reviewing these papers very quickly now, especially the very important papers due to the pandemic. Here is Dr. Corey telling us what happened. So, um, I've talked about this before, but this was first coined by the, the Union of Concerned Scientists. We've been around about 50 years. And they wrote this article, which I found really illuminating. It really talks about how, again, rare, not all corporations are bad, but basically they've detailed that over the decades, corporations have developed tactics to attack science when it goes against their financial interest. And it's not a complicated playbook. They keep doing the same five plays um, and it takes one of these forms, right? It's, which is sometimes they'll get a trial to show a negative or a positive result to support their drug, right? Or if, if a scientist comes up with a discovery that goes against their interest, they'll harass or to try to discredit the scientist. And then they're always trying to ma manufacture uncertainty about science that's inconvenient to their bottom line. And then uh, uh, also worryingly is they will buy credi credibility through alliances with academia or professional societies. Now, those two are in red because those are the two most glaring plays in the disinformation playbook that I've seen. And I have the feeling that the other five are, are going. Um, and there's some, so many examples of this. So, uh, and so this is just an example of that same slide of comparing like, so tobacco is freely available. It kills a half a million. It saves no one. Tylenol causes 450 uh, deaths a year, saves nobody. And then ivermectin and scabies, you know, ivermectin really has not been associated with deaths from treatment 
Um, and, 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 you know, it doesn't save any lives in scabies, but yet it's recommended. Like Tess Laurie said, it could have saved, mil, you know, a half a million lives this year if it had been approved, yet they still can't recommend it. If you write a manuscript on a repurposed drug that competes against vaccines, um, probably a good idea not to submit to frontiers, right? Uh, just uh, keep that in mind. It's good advice. Um, I wish I had taken that advice, right? So you, some of you guys know our peer-reviewed manuscript, which just got published, was actually retracted after peer review from Frontiers. Moves controversial. Of course, our paper is controversial. It's controversial because it got retracted. <laughs> Not because it was controversial. Uh, but yes, the same organization of journals, somehow, right before publication, they whacked our paper. And I got to tell you, we're not alone. So Tess Laurie, an expert systematic reviewer, has worked from the WHO for decades. She submitted to Lancet Respiratory, passed peer review. The editors wrote to her and said, we cannot publish. They just said they were too worried. They didn't think the evidence was there. Even though expert peer reviewers for both papers Three senior science, governmental scientists of our paper passed our peer review, yet the editors decided to whack it. I don't know. They just some, somehow didn't like our paper. Um, and this goes further. So since our paper was uh, retracted, the editors, a number of editors at Frontiers, resigned en masse. Wow. So essentially, the paper was delayed due to it being labeled disinformation related to some underlying agenda, according to Dr. Corey. So what is disinformation? According to the definition of disinformation found on dictionary.com, disinformation is false information. So in other words, fake news, deliberately misleading or biased information. According to Frederick Fenter at Frontier, he says that Frontier takes no position on the efficacy of ivermectin as a treatment of patients with COVID-19 and that they take a very firm stance against unbalanced or unsupported scientific conclusions. Okay, so we got that out the way of what disinformation is. So, I mean, truth be told, once a publication is in a peer review journal, it can be retracted if someone can show that it is disinformation. So let's just go over the results. I just need to put this disclaimer in there, and that is ivermectin. As of now, the World Health Organization does not recommend ivermectin for the treatment of COVID unless you're in a clinical trial. The NIH has not supported nor rejected ivermectin, and the FDA has not approved ivermectin for the use. On its website, it also encourages you to take ivermectin as prescribed by your healthcare provider if you are prescribed ivermectin. Now that we got that out the way, here is a summary of the results. Based on this meta-analysis of 18 randomized controlled treatment trials of ivermectin in the treatment of COVID, Dr. Corey and his colleagues found a large, significant reduction in deaths. This was statistically significant, which is very important in science. And we know that means that uh, results are likely true and not due to chance. Uh, this meta-analysis, okay, I'm, I just have to say it's not medical advice. This is the results that Dr. Corey and his colleagues 
discovered when they did this research study. Consult your healthcare provider for any medical advice. Any information in this study needs to be discussed with your healthcare provider. Don't take anything without contacting your healthcare provider. Now, that's it. And you can read the rest of it right there, but definitely this is a positive study for on the side of uh, ivermectin. And it does involve randomized control trials. Right there it says 18 randomized control trials. These were randomized control treatment trials. So there you have it. Again, this is not medical advice. This is just the results of this great study that was done. Science versus disinformation. Is this science or is this disinformation? I'm a clinical scientist and from what I can see, this is definitely science. I agree with the peer reviewers. So there you have it. So let me ask you, do you think this is science or do you think this is disinformation? Let me know what you think in the comments. That's all I have for you today. Stay tuned to Hypertension Resistant to Treatment, where I'll tell you more about what everybody ought to know about hypertension and trending health topics. Thanks for listening.